Welcome back to Well, That's Interesting. The uh, When you buy a product and it makes things worse edition. Yeah. <laughs> what a reality. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> uh, I am Jill Chacha and I am with the uh, does not make things worse at all. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> My co-host, Marissa Riley. Thank you. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, that's not entirely true. I do make some things worse. (laughs) I am a human. Um, No, you're amazing. And so today's episode, we're going to talk about products and their... I love products. Yeah, (laughs) and their effects on us. Anything come to mind over the years of being a human buying products? uh, Just something fail you or just disappoint you or... Anything? I mean, most of them. Um, I would say like 90% of my Amazon purchases were mistakes. Mm. And either broker didn't do what they said they would do. Yeah. And um, same for beauty products. Yeah. yeah. 900% lies. Yeah. The scrub will not solve your problems. Mm. It'll just make tiny tears in your skin. <laughs> tiny injuries. That are impossible yeah to reverse thousands of tiny injuries thousands of tiny cuts on your face Mm. google it (laughs) you'll never scrub your face again yeah there are other ways to exfoliate okay anyways but point being uh amazon and uh beauty products two of my favorite things in the world actually unfortunately are not my favorite things let's rephrase that Two of my addictions mm, there are you go. buying beauty products and buying things on Amazon without thinking about it hard enough. Right. Okay. So just years of disappointment. Yes. Okay. I would say <laughs> all of the years. <laughs> Every year I have been alive yeah. uh, has been a disappointing year for products. <laughs> <laughs> well... We're going to talk about uh, a couple of things today. Luckily, uh, none of them killed you, which is great. Yeah, uh, that's so. a good point. <laughs> I, I, do you, wait, as soon as you said that, I had to think for a second. I was like, did anything kill me? <laughs> and then I was like, wow, I'm tired. <laughs> Just thousands of tiny injuries, which I guess after listening to this episode, how have we all survived over the years? Uh, episode 029 bonkers product recalls this is our top three fuck yeah yeah we're gonna have fun today uh now let's do a quick rundown of what a recall is and how it works okay Okay. so a recall is quote a request to return exchange or replace a product after a manufacturer or a consumer watchdog group discovers defects that could hinder performance harm consumers or produce legal issues for the producers Mm. end quote and that's from ASQ.org. And depending in which country you live, and quite honestly, what year you live in too, consumer pro- uh, protections vary, as does the watchdog group. So like, for example, in the United States, we have the Consumer Product Safety Commission, or the CPSC. Got it. Right. And they have the small responsibility of, quote, protecting the public from unreasonable risks of injury or death associated with the use of thousands of types of consumer products, end quote. Got it. So this is, uh, these are the people, I'm guessing, who stopped uh, me from having 
more four loco blackouts than that's I needed. Right. That's, <laughs> that's them. That's them. Got- I, I only had a couple. Okay. Um, but yeah. I could have had a lot more. And um, they got your back. They yeah. got my back. They did. They got your back. Um, yeah, four loco, man. <laughs> so, so. Take away the, just don't take away my wine. <laughs> I'm not blacking out on it. Thumbs up. Thumbs up to wine. Thumbs yeah. down to four loco. Yeah. I mean, this is this is our podcast. <laughs> we just rated four loco, okay? So, uh, so that last quote is from the CPSC website, uh, cpsc.gov. Uh, so these unreasonable injuries and unreasonable deaths cost more than a trillion, one trillion with a T, annually. Uh, and when we get into our wacky top three recalls, you'll see why. Mm. Um, now, that fact was kind of shocking, but honestly, um, this, what I'm about to say, is shocking, but also not so shocking. Anyway, the CPSC and decent consumer protection laws have only been around in the United States for, take a guess. I saw the number. God damn it! <laughs> Stop reading ahead! I'm sorry, we have it positioned in a way where I can kind of like read along. Yeah. Like the way you're like, yes, your parent would be reading a book and you'd be curled up reading along with them. Um, so. I'm guessing it would be, my guess is 48. <laughs> that, is, that is exactly correct. Exactly oh, correct. How did I do it? Uh, at the time of this recording, 48 years. That's it. The Consumer Product Safety Commission was formed in 1972, and I'm pretty sure there were products before then. Oh, yes. So the agency was created with the passing of the Consumer Product Safety Act when it was finally realized we may need to develop safety standards and hold corporations accountable. Maybe a little bit. Um, Now, would you like to read uh, some of what the act included for the first time. I would love to. All right, quote, uh, safety standards for such products as bicycle helmets and cigarette lighters, a ban on lead in paint, lead in paint, uh, and a rule concerning size requirements for toys that could be choking hazardous for young children, end quote. And that was from the wiki for the Consumer Product Safety Act. There you go. I'm glad we are worried about... uh, lighters i'm glad they started with helmets that's a great place to start and then the next thing was lighters your brain and your skin there you go your brain your skin your babies aren't choking on fucking shit anymore (laughs) ah things must have been so much nicer beautiful uh so uh now not only is that time frame a little mind-boggling uh this was also signed into law by nixon uh, mm, which, interesting. Yeah, which kind of breaks my heart because if this were on the Senate floor today, I guarantee it would not pass. You're uh, you're unfortunately right. Yeah, that uh, is yeah. very depressing. Yeah, this country's a little, yeah, you know, a little, little all right. So here's a good example of that. It wasn't until 2008 that the law was amended to quote protect whistleblowers who take certain actions to raise concerns about consumer product safety, and quote require manufacturers and importers of all children's products to have batches of their products tested by an independent certified laboratory, end quote. Oh, no. Yeah. And that was from the same wiki uh, from the Consumer Product Safety Act. That wasn't until 2008 where children's tested 
children's toys tested so that means both you and i not to reveal our ages or anything but we were children before 2008 (laughs) yes uh so our our toys were not chock full of shit probably so we're just full of lead right now (laughs) we were just eating lead as kids (laughs) it's just every time i licked my barbies because that's what you do um we're both very gay so i got yeah yeah, lead poisoning (laughs) (laughs) Uh, childhood oh, again my. how did how are we alive i don't know I've, so i have no idea <laughs> so, now if you think all these laws go too far please just listen to our last in betweeny on how easy it is to get lead poisoning yep, which yep, you just yep. brought up and listen to our top three products that you definitely don't want in your house so oh, shall we start we shall okay coming in at number three is a tiny can that made big promises now Back in the wacky 90s, specifically February 96 through September 99. That's a, so specific. That's right. That, <laughs> damn right. <laughs> so a particular 16-ounce aerosol can was sold nationwide, available via something called the Home Shopping Network. Ah, oh, good times. Yeah, so I know you were a teeny tiny baby yes, those years. But I knew about it. Yeah, and a lot of our listeners uh, are too. So what do you know about the scope of the Home Shopping Network? Um, it, it was, uh, infomercials, right? It was just 99% infomercials, pretty, correct? Pr- pretty much. And in case you don't know what an infomercial is, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, an infomercial back when we had TVs and C- you cable. couldn't cable and you yeah. couldn't, you know, you, you couldn't just choose what you wanted to watch. You just kind of had to wing it. Yeah. Um, there would be these things called infomercials, which are essentially like hour to two hour to five hour long commercials. Yeah. Where um, lots of times, usually women would interview each other about certain products. Yeah. Um, and they would just talk about it for a really long time. Uh, there's a there's an infomercial that Liza Minnelli made. Um, she was 100% high during it, and I highly recommend you look it up. You will be laughing with her, not at her. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. It's, it's, if you get anything out of this podcast, is that you Googled Liza Minnelli and Home Shopping Network. Yes, I think you should do it. <laughs> I mean, after this, after you listen to our podcast, but like right after. Yeah. Please do it and just enjoy yourself yeah. and, and know that we're laughing with her, not yeah. at her. Yeah. And probably getting high with her. So. And probably getting high, too. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a 24-7 cable channel that just sold things. And it was like the Amazon of its time. It was the only thing out there where you could buy anything all the time. Oh, yeah, and that's and that's the thing. You would call a number. You had to call a number. That's right. And you would pay 14, you know, 80 payments of fourteen ninety nine to have right. anything you want. You just have to pay fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. Everything was in installments and yeah. shipping was always fourteen ninety nine too or something. It yeah. always I don't know why the number fourteen ninety nine was so important, but they were like, however we can divide it up and put fourteen ninety nine then then that's it. Yeah, and it fucking worked and believe it or not, it is still the number one home shopping channel on cable. It still exists? (laughs) Yeah, it's still around. Oh my God. Yeah. So one of the products they featured was something called Firecap. No. No. Nope. (laughs) Nope. I can already tell you. (laughs) Sounds bad. It was not exactly a fire extinguisher, but rather it marketed itself as a, quote, fire and smoke suppressant. What? (laughs) (laughs) 
manufactured by the now defunct Colbra Group, C-O-L-B-R-A, which went out of business. You'll see why. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, like we said, it was a 16-ounce aerosol can that sold for a mere $10. And the the price is eye-catching, and so is the design. A bright yellow body with a red cap on top and a white label on the front that stated it was for, quote, for use on small spot fires. So it, it sounds and feels and looks like a tiny um, fire extinguisher, mm-hmm. but something tells me um, it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. On the back of the can were little drawings that indicated to use fire cap when you find yourself with an out-of-control trash can fire, stove fire, a car fire, or campfire. So <laughs> those are many, that's a lot of different kinds and sizes of fires. I don't know where y'all have been lighting your campfires, but as a girl from Texas, those campfires are fucking big. They're massive. And a 16 ounce can? No, a little hairspray can? It's not going to do shit. For a car fire? I know. I know. I know. But, okay. Compact. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep reading. Compact, affordable, easy to haul on a camping trip you don't know why you agreed to. These things fucking sold. And they also, you guessed it, made fires worse. I knew it! <laughs> I knew they would! Would you like to please read from the official CPSC recall release? Oh, no, they would make me happier. All right. <laughs> Quote, uh, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, CPS, or CPSC, mm-hmm. uh, and various distributors are announcing the recall of more than 136 thousand cans of fire cap uh brand fire and smoke suppressant the product does not suppress fires and could intensify fires that was in italics so it's important (laughs) um cpsc uh is not aware of any incidents or injuries with this product this recall is being conducted to help prevent injuries end quote there you go so nothing bad happened well not quite. Okay. <laughs> so, I see. Okay. Yes. Luckily, despite over 100,000 being sold, no one was hurt, but mm. people's experiences were so bad that they were calling the CPSC consumer tip line reporting fire cap. And again, for context here, it's the mid 90s. There's no Google and only landlines. The internet barely existed. In 1996, there were only 260,000 websites. <gasps> oh my so, God. I know, that's- <laughs> So to put effort into contacting someone and to talk to them, you really had to be inspired. And a can that used air, compressed air, to put out fires was more than enough to get people going. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fire cap was completely removed from the market after a horrifying three-year run. The Cobra Group went bankrupt, and this ends happily because no one died so please go and give your regulated fire extinguishers a kiss and get ready for number two in our top three product recalls. Fuck yes! <laughs> give it to me. Okay, so for this one, we have to travel further back in time. Okay. Let's head to 1974. Fun. During the Christmas season. Cute. Extra drugs. So. <laughs> so, so much Coke. So much. A white Christmas. <laughs> A terrible joke, I'm so sorry. Keep it going. So, consumer protection was a new concept. At just two years old, uh, toy labeling wasn't a thing. 
Okay. Huh. There was no law yet to require manufacturers to provide like age-appropriate labels or warnings that pieces of a toy may be a choking hazard or may have sharp objects, etc. Yeah. You know, your toy came in a box. Good fucking luck. Yeah. Kind of thing. Sounds about right. Yeah. The CPSC was like, okay, maybe we should help parents out a bit and just remind them to be conscious of these things when shopping. So every year around Christmas time, the CPSC would run a safety first campaign. And in 1974, they chose to advertise that year's campaign with CPSC-issued lapel pins. And each little pin read, for kids' sake, think toy safety. Okay. Okay. Now, 80,000 were made and shipped to 14 CPSC offices for nationwide public distribution, which thankfully never happened because, you guessed it, the pins were coated in a paint with excessive levels of lead. Oh, God. <laughs> so, you guys. Not you only, guys. Not only that, a flaw in manufacturing left the pins not rounded, but with sharp edges. And to top it off, they fell apart. So, <laughs> Oh, my God. Making each pin a lead-filled choking hazard. A lead-filled sharp choking hazard. So you would cut your fingers... And your insides. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and then it would be poisoned. Yeah, it's a twofer. Yeah. It's like a five. <laughs> it's a fiver. If, if you put it, you know. Yeah. It sounds All bad. The, it's not good. Oh, God. So one of the first recalls was CPSC's own pins. Oh. So that's why it's number two. And again, the pins did not make it to the public, but the CPSC had to swallow the cost. No pun intended. Oh, man. <laughs> for the manufacturing. Ah. So, <sighs> after the break, we're at number one. And please stick around for a batshit crazy story that involves something called buckyballs. Oh, dear. Yeah, so, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so, uh, stick around and buy this very safe product. So safe. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places. Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan. But nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. Hey everyone, Jill Chacha here from Well That's Interesting, and I am absolutely thrilled to tell you about Spotify for Podcasters. I use it, I love it, and it all started by downloading the free Spotify for Podcasters app, 
which has all the tools you need in one place to record and edit your masterpiece of a podcast. Spotify for Podcasters also distributes your show to all major platforms. So when you hit publish, your episodes will stream not only on Spotify, but I'm talking about the Apples, the Googles, Stitcher, Good Pods, the other ones. <laughs> you get the idea. And you can monetize your podcast with no minimum listenership required. You could also set up monthly subscriptions and record ads just like this one. So what are you waiting for? Download Spotify for Podcasters today and start changing the world. Oh, and please, stay interesting. And we're back. We are so back. We're so back. We survived. We made it to our number one bonkers fucking product recall. I gotta know. What is it? And Well, it's a journey. So. Okay. I see. <laughs> so I understand. Let's start at the beginning and let's head, head over to Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a more innocent time of 2009. Oh, that is an innocent time. <laughs> yes. Oh, you weren't kidding. Oh, so, early Obama administration. I know. I know. Brooklyn, relaxed, but not really. <laughs> Their two friends, Craig Zucker and Jake Bronstein, had an idea. After watching a YouTube video about rare earth magnets, they found some excess inventory of the magnets online, bought them, repackaged them, and marketed them under the name Buckyballs. Now, okay. <laughs> so I'm sure you have questions. We really have to break this down. All right. But before we get into them, can you please first describe these Buckyballs? Yes, of course. All right. This is your first time seeing them. Oh, have I seen these before? I think I have seen these before. Yes, probably. So... It's a bunch of these tiny, round, silver-looking balls, Mm -hmm. and they're magnets, Yes. so you can stick them together and make little shapes. And it looks like you get, I don't know, 30, 40, 100, I can't count, but you get a bunch of them in a little box, Yeah. and then you you pull them out, and then you can string them together. Exactly. I think I've had, have I had these before? Have I, I've played with these before. Mm-hmm. They were very popular. We'll get into it, yeah. Okay. And they kind of come in not too many variety of sizes. There's like an average size, and what would you say that one is about the size of? There. Okay, so there's a normal size, like a marble size, it looks like, and then a, a small, more pellet-like mm-hmm. size, Perfect. like a, a pebble. There you go. But But perfectly round. There you go. So if you saw this on a shelf in 2009, Barnes & Noble... Like, you really yeah. wouldn't think anything of it, right? Just some fucking magnets. Exactly. So, so let's take a look inside, shall we? So inside those balls is a rare earth element. And what the fuck is that? Yeah, um, what so, is that? So just in the way iron can be magnetized to become a permanent magnet, the rare elements, neodymium and samarium cobalt, can undergo the same process. But their magnetic pull is significantly stronger than any other type of permanent magnets made. Okay. Uh, so, like, your average star-bought magnet has a magnetic field with, like, a strength somewhere between 0.5 to 1 Tesla. And okay. Tesla is just the unit of measure here. And this is like a refrigerator magnet. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And the magnetic field typically, typically produced by rare earth magnets can exceed 1.4 Teslas. So got it. Mm. So anywhere from twice mm-hmm. to three times as much as your regular right. run of the mill magnet. Magnet. Exactly. Okay. 
So magnetized neodymium and samarium cobalt are super strong, like you said, but they're also super brittle. So to protect the elements, they're usually plated and encased to prevent any breaking, and thus we have little metal balls. So they're inside there. Ah, okay. Okay. So back to the unfortunately named Mr. Zucker. Yes, that's a bummer. So who had a history of trying to repackage things and sell them off for a profit? Would you kindly, like, read briefly from this New York Times article for Buckyball Toys, Child Safety is a Growing Issue? Yes, of course. I will read this quote. Uh, Quote, uh, Mr. Zucker was an entrepreneur who started, among other things, a bottled water business that sold New York City tap water. End quote. (laughs) What dick? What a dick. Yeah, we're going to be saying that a lot. It's a dick move. (laughs) You know, that's stupid. Uh, Needless to say, that didn't work. But But Zucker still believed in the American dream of a get-rich-quick scheme. So he and his friend packed every order that came in and walked each order over to the local post office themselves until demand was just too damn high. Again, they started in 2009, and by 2012, annual sales reached $25 million. Oh, my God. These stupid fucking balls were a hit. Two and a half million sets of buckyballs sold within those three years. So for like 35 bucks, you got 216 marble-sized magnets. And you also got an unintended choking hazard really never before seen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's a big choking hazard. Yeah. So why, yeah, buckyballs were marketed to adults. Yeah. And there is a warning on the package that says not for children, but, quote, the labeling, the warnings, the packaging does not work. Scott Wolfson's, the spokesman for the CPSC, said of the products, you have young children who come into a room and get their hands on a loose magnet or two, end quote. Yeah. And that's from the same New York Times article. Now, we just did an in-betweeny about doctors swallowing round, smallish Legos. and Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, nothing happened to them. No. They pooped them right out. Yeah, no so. problem. Couple of days. Nice and came right out. And so, VD. Yeah. So <laughs> there is a big difference between that Lego and these objects. Of course. The marbles is. are magnets and strong magnets. And if you swallowed more than one, you have a fucking problem on your hands. <gasps> Or rather, should I say, in your gut. That's so. right, because they're going to try, yeah. no matter how far away they are, Yep, to you, connect. There you go. Can you please read from our delightful New York Times source? Of course. There you go. All right, quote, Swallowing two or more rare earth magnets is particularly dangerous because they attract each other in the intestines and can cause blockages, tissue damage, and even perforation. Betty Lopez, whose 12-year-old daughter swallowed four buckyballs in March while pretending to have a pierced tongue, required two operations mm-hmm. and missed a month of school. Uh, uh, quote within the quote, uh, they were kind of three portions of, or um, they were kind, or there were uh, kind of three portions of the bowel that were stuck together by buckyballs, uh, said Miss Lopez. Uh, knowing what my daughter went through, I don't feel that buckyballs uh, bucky serve any true purpose, end quote. 
There you go. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. You guys. So between, <gasps> I know. So between 2009 and 2012, there were about 1,700 incidents of rare earth magnets being swallowed and requiring emergency care. Oh my God. Yeah. But not all of the incidents were connected to buckyballs. Other entrepreneurs got on the rare earth magnet wagon. No. Adding to the number of balls out there. And it became an industry that was simply hurting kids. And the CPSC was like, we got to do something about this shit. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. probably why you recognize them because this was just like a craze that hit. Yeah. And, and there were probably all kinds. Yeah. There were like yeah. knockoffs and exactly. stuff like that. Yeah. So, so uh, where are we? Do, do, do. So the administration sent out a recall asking third party sellers like Barnes and Noble to voluntarily remove these magnets from their shelves and asked the manufacturers to halt their sales. Uh, they also told the public if you want a full refund to contact the company where you made your purchase. Now, of the 13 businesses that sold these magnets, all complied except two. Of course. <laughs> a company in China and our friend Zucker. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. Zucker? So how did Mr. Zucker counter the CPSC's recall? With grace and dignity? Fuck no. Ugh. Would you like to read the path? He took. Of course, of course. Um, all right, quote, Mr. Zucker has started an aggressive public uh, campaign to win support for buckyballs using the cheeky slogan, save our balls. <laughs> His company has taken out newspaper ads in uh, Washington directed at President Obama and lawmakers and stoked a campaign on social media websites like Facebook and Twitter. Uh, when an adult, a 28-year-old, can't uh, buy this for their desk, then this agency has run amok, said Mr. Zucker. This is government gone absurd. End quote. <laughs> what the fuck? Dude. Yeah, he, he blamed Obama. <laughs> Dude, you can't. Fucking blame Obama Save for balls. your fucking balls. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, needless to say, a very ugly two-year legal battle ensued. Now, Zucker was lucky the first time around, but the courts put an end to his streak. Buckyballs were removed completely from the market and Good. refunds. Damn right. Refunds, if requested, were to be paid in full by Craig Zucker himself. Amazing. <laughs> I love that. Quote, after nearly two years of fighting, it's good to finally have this case behind me, uh -huh. Mr. Zucker said <laughs> in May 2014, after the settlement was reached. It's unfortunate that it took two years to get to this point, said Scott Wolfson, the spokesman for CPSC. This has been a very serious issue, and it's been an issue with serious consequences, end quote. And that was from the New York Times article, after two-year fight, consumer agency orders recall of Bucky Balls. Oh, my God. So, yes, my friends, that is our first place winner. And I think he earned it. I think he, I think he earned I it. I think he earned it. Yeah. <laughs> what a dick. There's a joke to, uh, to yeah. be made about dick and balls. I'm just too tired and gay. <laughs> um, we'll put that on a tilt. That'll be safe. There you go. <laughs> Non-toxic non -toxic gay tote. Non-toxic gay tote. For yeah. sure. For all you queers out there and more. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Please rate, subscribe, tell your friends. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Well, Email us your interesting things. Yeah. 
Well, that's interesting pod is our Instagram handle. And well, that's interesting pod at gmail.com. That's right. For all your, because we want to hear your interesting shit. Yeah. And it could be anything, anything. Trust me. This world is interesting. It's fascinating. Do you have buckyballs? Have you eaten any? (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) Write in. Let us know. Take pictures if you have any. Yeah. Yeah. And stay interesting. Please do.